0: Hey, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head-on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode, and if you haven't already, then give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Hey guys, I'm Brandon from Sasquatch B Studios, and I'm working on a game called Samurai. And this is a really, really special episode because I am joined by YouTuber and game developer Ben Bonk. He has a YouTube channel with 72,000 subscribers, and his game Slime Keep is actually on the list of most wishlisted indie games on Steam right now. So let's get right into it. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this, Ben Bonk. So, for the people that are watching or listening, do you want to just go ahead and tell us like a little bit about who you are and what you do just assuming that they don't know who you are right now
1: yeah sure so my name is ben bonk and i am an indie game developer and i've been developing games for around five-ish years now and i started off mostly just on small game jam games but now more recently i've spent the past three years or so working on slime keep which is an indie top-down roguelike game mm-hmm. with a very limited color palette. <laughs> um, and I also have a YouTube channel where I upload devlogs, just kind of showcasing the progress I make on Slimekeep and any other projects.
0: Awesome. And I, I want to add to that, you have a YouTube channel, and you have a YouTube channel that's freaking killing it, dude. Like Your, <laughs> <laughs> your YouTube channel is you. like wildly successful. It's really cool. And I've, I've got questions for you about that, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that soon enough. So first off, I just want to ask you about Slime Keep, because it's such an interesting project. As you said, you've been working on it for a while now, and it started off as a game jam, Correct. Yes. Yeah. So how did it go from, you know, you're, you're working on this uh, Game Jam game and obviously you must have really liked it. So just tell me a little bit about how it got to Game Jam to where it is now. Just a little bit about the journey from start to finish to where it is right now.
1: Yeah. So that, that is a pretty crazy story that I, I frankly don't even know how I've gotten here, <laughs> but essentially so it says Ludum, Ludum Dare 46 and you know, I made my game, I released it. And it got pretty good reviews, like pre- or not not pretty good. I mean, it, people seem to like the game, but they also had some feedback for it. Yep. So uh, before that, I made a devlog just kind of doing that. And the devlog did really, really well. I mean, I was surprised. I mean, at that time, I was still uploading devlogs, but it, my channel really hadn't picked up uh, any steam at all. And then I uploaded this video and then first week or so, I mean, it got a few thousand views and I was just kind of blown away. <laughs> and so. Awesome. I didn't have any plans to make it into a big game, but it was kind of a combination. So, I mean, this uh, people seem to really like the devlog. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. Maybe will, I should keep on working on this. So, and then I also had a bunch of feedback uh, from the Lunum Dare feedback, uh, I guess, game page where people left comments being like, I think you should add this. So it started off just me doing like small tweaks to the game. I wasn't planning on actually making it to like a full roguelike release. But then I just got to these feed, you know, pieces of feedback and I was like, well, let me try to work on this a bit more. And then eventually people were kind of suggesting that I should turn into a big commercial game. And so I actually had a Discord server and I tell us, which I think is kind of hilarious, the, the only reason that the game is a roguelike is because sometime a few weeks into the development of the game. I just asked people on my discord server that had like 30 people in it at the time, which would, and I just said, you know, what do do you guys think I should do with this? And a bunch of people in there, I guess, liked roguelikes and they said I should make a roguelike. So I just kind of went with that. And it doesn't sound like a great start for, for, for making a game because (laughs) I kind of, you know, didn't even, I didn't even really know what a roguelike was at this point, but I was just kind of from that point on, like I'm going to turn this game into a roguelike and kind of just, went from there
0: that's so cool this and you just gave me the perfect segue into like what my next question is because your slime keep is such an interesting game in the way that you're handling the development because it really does seem like it's a super like community driven game right where it's you're very active with uh, your discord server and getting people involved in the development process and i just think that that's a really unique idea yeah so you already told me like kind of how that Came to be. You just kind of started asking people questions. It started with feedback off of uh, Ludum Dare, and then you went to Discord and you were just asking people questions. So, in terms of this whole, because I know I've seen in your devlogs that like some people, you'll be like, "Oh, does anybody want?" I think one particular one I remember was, "Does anyone want to make me a shopkeeper?" Kind of thing. (laughs) And someone drew something and submitted it to you, right? Like that's super unique. I think that's really cool. Um, So, just like, has the whole Just for people, again, that don't know the game too, too well, has the whole thing been kind of like that, where it's very, very community-driven? And what's that been like, and just how's it going for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely just since the start of the game's development, I mean, it's always had that community emphasis, I'd say, just because it literally started, the whole game's development started because of community feedback. And so it's, it's always been... I mean, I don't know. I always kind of think of this. I mean, I could not do or continue to develop Slanky without the community. I mean, it's not just feedback. I mean, I obviously there's tons of that that's super helpful on whether it be Discord or YouTube or whatever, but also art and code and that sort of stuff. I mean, especially in the earlier days, I really wasn't the best programmer. I mean, I... Really didn't. I mean, I knew how to make games, but really not well at all. Right. And so there's a (laughs) few people I remember who, I mean, still to this day, the basis for the weapons inventory system and the upgrade system was all just kind of through people helping me with that code, which I mean, I'm super grateful for. So that was really nice. And then, yeah, we definitely have had people just who have like a passion for the game. And so they might kind of make concepts for whole entire bosses which i mean i am a pixel artist so sort of i mean i'm I'm definitely not as good as a lot of people in my discord server so i usually can sort of make stuff but then you know if people want to contribute to the game i definitely it's super helpful i mean speed things up for me and it's really cool to kind of be able to use ideas and art pieces and that kind of stuff inside of the game
0: yeah because everybody gets to feel like they're special and like they're they're like a part of this uh of this game that you're creating right
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really
0: cool. Have there been any like unexpected challenges that have come up because of any of this? Like, does anyone ever give you like anyone that you speak to a lot on your Discord server that gives you an idea that maybe you don't really like or don't want to implement and like any hurt feelings or just any kind of challenges that have arisen because of this community-driven development process?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. (laughs) I mean, I guess there's I can think of a few points. Like first, I mean, there's always that kind of pressure to continually deliver I mean you always want to keep on working on the game and yep. kind of continuing updating people just to let you know like how this is going so that's I guess kind of one pressure but more importantly as you kind of mentioned I can't listen to every single piece of feedback in the game that's something that I really had to get used to because just the nature of the game's development there's so much feedback I mean again in discord and youtube and that kind of stuff there's just I've gotten so many suggestions from people. And so I've had to really kind of focus on what I think is best for the game. And because yep. I, I want to listen to people's feedback at the end of the day, they're trying to help uh, improve the game, but I can't just go and add a whole entire new system to the game. I mean, I have to make sure to manage the game scope and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And then also there's ideas that I mean, I think are cool, but it's just, I don't think they were really right for Slime Keep. And so I kind of have to, I get good at saying like no to people and be like, you know, I really appreciate that. That also goes with art. And you know, someone might spend, you know, hours making this piece of art. And then right. I kinda of have to be like, I really appreciate it. But I just I don't think, you know, it's right for the game. So that's always kind of tough. But, bet, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge. And I, I guess and then finally, I mean, legal wise, you need to make sure to get permission from everyone. I mean I've had to like talk to lawyers and stuff to make sure what I can do. And then for music people get contracts just so Nothing. There's no going to be any legal night- nightmares. Hopefully, <laughs>
0: I was wondering about that. That was always something that was in the back of my mind. It's like I wonder if this is something that could end up like biting him in the ass later on. You know what I mean? But it's it sounds like you got yourself covered. That's fantastic.
1: I, I think I do. I think I've done stuff. Hopefully, but I uh, don't call me when I get sued in you know a year <laughs> from now. Let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right, you know.
0: This is going to sound weird, but it made me really happy to hear that like someone like yourself admit that, you know, you weren't, especially in the beginning stages, you weren't the best programmer. You know, you might not have been able to know how to do every single thing that you wanted to do, because I can certainly relate to that again, especially a little ways back uh, towards the beginning of my journey as well. But I'm just curious because it can be really validating for people to hear, like, have you ever had an idea for a Slime Keep and I know you already mentioned you've you've gotten help for with like the weapons inventory system and things like that. But if there's anything else that you really wanted to implement into Slimekeep, but you just like technically from the programming perspective, you had no idea how to implement it. Or even from an art perspective, you're like, I've got an idea for this really cool thing. And you try it and maybe you just can't get it working the way that you want. Has there ever been anything like that where you just you really want this x thing in your game but you
1: just couldn't get it working the way that you wanted and you kind of had to drop it nothing comes directly to mind i mean because most of the time if there's something that i think is really complicated and it's to the point where i can't currently program it then it's usually outside of the game scope and i kind of just have to recognize like hey it's just me working on this project you know i can't have this might the system might sound really cool but i kind of just have to keep things you know in scope but I guess going back to like that inventory system, I mean, back or like weapons inventory system and upgrades. I mean, that was, yeah, I, I, done unity for a bit before that, but I really had no clue how to program. Like I I didn't know how to structure things. That was my main problem. And I didn't know, I kind of knew how to program for unity. I didn't actually know. I learned unity before I learned C sharp. So I can still remember, I mean, I didn't know what a class even meant. Like, that's going to sound ridiculous. (laughs) And I didn't, I remember learning, because in the upgrade system, uh, how it kind of works is you have a bunch of method that's kind of like, you know, a public string, get description and like returns the description. And I remember, I didn't know that functions could have return types, because all I did at that time was... No, void Void, and stuff. And and so I was like, oh my gosh, I did not know that you could do that. So yeah, I really I really didn't know that kind of stuff. But I think I've gotten to the point now. Most of the stuff I feel like I've gotten quite a bit better at programming. I'm still not great. I mean, I still might write not clean code, but in general at this point, if there's something that I kind of need to implement, usually I can figure out myself or just by searching up, you know, enough stuff or just trying and stuff. So I think I've gotten to that point, which is kind of nice, where if I want something, I can usually figure it out myself. But I mean, I'd still be open to asking my community, you know, if I get, to get stuck at any point. Yeah. Well, that's, you're in a
0: really good spot then, because I'm sure it's nice for everyone to hear where it's, um, And you know what, I can totally relate not knowing what a class was, not knowing that you could have functions that had a return type. I was like, I thought they were all void. What the, what the heck is like <laughs> this, this thing with the, what's this return keyword mean? I just, oh, man, I, I dove into things head first, And it sounds like you kind of did the same where it's like, wow. But you kind of it's one of those situations probably for you as well, where you kind of you jump out of the airplane and you just
1: grow wings on the way down to the ground. Right. You just learn as you go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I kind of came into Slimekeep, I guess, kind of at the height. I mean, I thought I was. Before that, I had released another game. It was called Nelson Island. It's, it's still on my itch.io page if you want to play it. But I mean, that code was oh, terrible. But I kind of thought that I was like, man, you know, at this point, I can get anything done. I can, you know, <laughs> program anything. And then I kind of got into Slimekeep, and it definitely humbled me at the the beginning, but yep. for the better.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So this is always a question that I'm interested in asking like every single developer, right? Because there's always there's always stories behind the development of every single game. So if there's anything that you can think of, tell me a little bit about your highest point in the development of Slime Keep as well as your lowest point. And what I mean by highest point could be like something that you're just whatever whatever it is for you your biggest accomplishment the thing that you're the most proud of some sort of system you made that saved you a bunch of time and lowest moment obviously being like maybe you had to scrap a whole bunch of functionality or a whole bunch of levels or anything like that
1: yeah so i mean for i was thinking about this for my highest moment it was kind of hard to think about but i mean i really just come back to i mean my first kind of devlog releasing and just like that whole entire initial wave of support after releasing the first game jam devlog that started everything. I know that's a bit more like YouTube specific, but still I just think that's kind of like what kicked it off and I mean and just overall the fact that I've been so consistent working on slimekeep I that's just something I guess I'm pretty proud about and just been able to look, work on the project for so long cuz I obviously did not intend to work on that. So, I mean, even though that's not anything too specific, I would say that's I mean, probably my highest point. There's no specific mechanic or feature that I can really think of. Yep. But uh for lowest point, I can think of two things. One of them is this is actually what I'm gonna be covering in my next devlog, uh coming out like later, late, I don't know, two weeks from now or so. Oh cool. Okay. Um so I don't know when this podcast is coming out. But I essentially spent, I mean, so long on this I, I can't believe that this was probably one of the lowest points of game development for me. But on a rich text option for Slime Keith, which is essentially just a an op like a checkbox in the settings menu that you can check it, and it kind of converts all the text in the game to a more high resolution font because some people complain that the the old font was too kind of low resolution and hard to read. So gotcha. I wanted to like make sure people could read it, and I mean, I I, I just I that was a whole entire journey because I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, it, it's kind of the whole video is kind of embarrassing, but I just felt like I needed to kind of make a video about sharing and be like, man, this is not all pretty. So it's it's very, my next step is very different, but essentially it's kind of like I used some methods that would permanently break stuff and then oh, no. I would have to go in and manually fix it. And then I, I couldn't figure out like GitHub. And I, I was having, I mean, it, it was just a complete, mess and i was just for some of the days i mean I was just hacking away at it it was just definitely some of my lowest points that I, that I can think of and then also i guess another one uh but more more recent i guess is uh the first time i released the beta a closed beta to my play testers okay and i was hoping that'd be a high point because it's like man you know finally got something done but i mean within an hour we had like a hundred bug reports i mean just people were breaking the game <laughs> so much like oh i didn't eat, i i mean i knew there were bugs like you know i knew there was some stuff but i mean there was just so much stuff i mean it was so overwhelming just to see like the discord channels fill up with like error messages and why is like the most crazy glitches possible so oh man that was that was pretty it was pretty tough uh, at least initially so
0: but, it, yeah i yeah i gotta like just get some more clarity on the low point that you just finished sharing about, because that, I, I think that's a fear point for a lot of people, right? It's like, that's one of the reasons that I, th- I think anyways, that a lot of people delay getting feedback or wait to get feedback until a little bit too late. Cause it's like, Oh, I I'm, I'm afraid of getting bug reports. I'm afraid of getting, well, critical remarks and bad feedback and all of that stuff too. But that's one of the things, right? Is like, Oh my God, like, and you get this, hundred like a hundred different bugs that's crazy like so was that like a huge demotivating thing for you like just how like on a personal emotional level like how did you end up kind of working through that and just manage to turn it around and just keep on plowing through
1: i mean yeah it definitely was tough initially i mean i was just definitely stressed out for a day or two because I was like, man this, i don't know if, i mean this is going to take forever but i mean i just kind of had to i guess push through and just know like I'm gonna I just want to patch up all these loose ends before I mean it's it's felt like a lot but in reality I guess I also kind of overestimated some of like the bug encounters because sometimes some people would do certain things and so they get like an error message and stuff but a lot of times it was kind of they would it would look different I guess but so (laughs) basically like the things would look like there's Some like mechanic, there's some system that was just not working properly. And it would kind of break a bunch of stuff. And then I would see all this stuff broken. I'm like, man, there's like all this different stuff broken. But in reality, it was just this like one thing that caused a bunch of errors. So a lot of the times, I mean, a lot of the bug reports I got, you know, I guess it wasn't as stressful just for me knowing because I fixed this one thing and then that kind of alleviated some of the other issues down the line. And a lot of the issues, I mean, while some of them were, I guess, tough to figure out. It wasn't as bad as I guess I thought it was, but um, yeah, I guess that's why it's so important to. I mean, I definitely think I did wait quite a while to play test Slime Keep, and I mean, I think it is really important to play test early and yep. often. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. So I just want to shift to ask about the art style of Slime
0: Keep because, and I don't even mean this at a, as a criticism at all, you just, uh, you use a very limited color palette, as you said, right? Like it's, a, I think, a monochrome game as I think, the proper term for it. Correct
1: me if I'm wrong there. I, I think monochrome might be two colors but i'm i i could be wrong also i'm actually i'm not sure but <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. fair enough
0: so it, it just how have you found working with kind of this limited color palette where like most of the game is like different shades of green right like i'm just curious yeah. what's the thought process there does that make it easier for you Do, it, does it actually make it harder just kind of because it's so limiting right i'm just
1: super curious about that yeah i mean i guess starting off before i even chose i mean the palette, I guess I always just kind of liked the looks of limited color palettes, just anywhere from four to eight colors, I guess. So I kind of just went with that for Slime Keep, just inherently, because I was like, this is something easy. And art wise, I mean, it definitely makes the art so much easier because I don't have to worry about all these different colors for things and worry about kind of getting right colors here. I mean, it's really just, there's four colors. So you have a dark blue, which is for outlines. You have a regular green, which is like kind of the fill color. And then you have two shading colors, like a dark and a light one. And so you can kind of just make everything with just those four simple colors. I mean, and so it really does make things a lot easier. I mean, I don't have to worry about, you know, it's just one palette that I can stick to. And so prototyping stuff is way easier. You know, if people want to make their own art to share it to the game, mm-hmm. it's also way easier for them, you know. That's so true. it's just one palette and it's, you know, each color has a purpose. So it it definitely makes things considerably easier but i guess with with that there's some drawbacks you know not everyone is a a huge fan the game is very very green i i will admit that so (laughs) it works well though
0: right slime right you think slime you think you think green so now i'm i'm always curious as a viewer of someone who has a really like thriving youtube channel i'm always curious whether those people have full-time jobs outside of their youtube or if youtube and game dev is just your full-time gig so what's your story there
1: yeah, so this is kind of interesting. I, I don't really say this too much publicly, but I'll say it here. So this might this might surprise some people, but or maybe not. I don't know. I'm actually still well, just about to graduate high school. So I started or not slime Keep when I was fifteen, just in my freshman, just now my freshman year, wow. of high school. So now I'm eighteen, just about to graduate and like go to college. And so, you know, just because of that, so it might be kind of surprising for some people. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I know, I, I don't know. I think my, I don't think I sound too old, but yeah, I don't, I guess just due to that, I don't have the pressure for it to succeed financially or anything. But as I said, I do kind of have the goal to finish it before college because I obviously don't want to, you know, that's coming up soon for me. And I don't want to have to have the pressures of finishing slime keep before or, or during college. So I, that's kind of a self-imposed goal to finish Slime Keep by the end of the year, just so I can get that done. But yeah, overall, I mean, it's, it feels like a hobby to me, but a very, very like, dedicated hobby. I mean, I work on the project pretty much all the time.
0: I, I can imagine, you know, that's so cool because like I'm in my mid thirties and like you're one of the yeah. people that I look up to. Right. And it's always, <laughs> it's always so strange to hear that like someone, um, someone that you look up to ends up being like half your age but that's one of the really (laughs) cool things about game development is like there's people of all different age groups that come in and it doesn't really matter what age you are you know if you work at it long enough you become really really good at what you do right and i just i just find that to be really really interesting so and i can cut this if if you don't want to answer that's totally cool but uh, i'm just curious so, is game development? You said you're going to college. Is game development yeah. like do you have aspirations of making game development a full time gig for you, or is college are you
1: going to college for something completely unrelated? Yeah, so my plan is I'm most likely going to study computer science that just because you know, I mean, I do programming all the time, that's yep. kind of like what I do, but I'm right now I'm probably not planning to do game development as a career just because. I mean, I like it as a hobby and I love making kind of small indie games, but I'm not too sure about kind of having to work in a, especially in a kind of triple A office. I don't think that sounds too appealing to me. I mean, maybe if there's an indie, you know, company at some point, but I would say most likely just study computer science, see what I would do from there. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessarily my plan right now, but I mean, that that could change. We'll see. Okay. So. I don't know if you
0: know this because some of the indie developers that I uh, have spoken to actually are not sure. So maybe you don't know, but I went to Steam and you can look at top wish listed games and then you can filter by indie games and Slime Keep is on that list.
1: I don't know if were you aware of that? When you sent me this question, actually, beforehand, I I briefly like did take a look and I I was kind of surprised by that also. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't know, like I would have to like import it into a spreadsheet or something to actually count it because I don't know how many are on there. My guess is like it was a pretty big list. I'm guessing like 200, 250, something like that. But it was on that list. So what is your advice for other developers that want to get their game on a top list right because that's a dream for so so many people
1: yeah i mean really that just comes from youtube and so i mean i guess in youtube i try to do obviously as many call to actions i try to just do one one per video if i can remember yep. and so that obviously helps but otherwise i mean definitely just marketing early and often if you can is probably the biggest way to just build i guess hype for your game i mean make sure to make the steam page really really early i made the steam page back when the game was still not even really developed but then that just helped me accumulate wish lists right off the bat so i mean if you're starting a project definitely make steam page early i guess just try to market yourself early i mean hopefully getting on some social platforms or something i mean that obviously helps or just do something to get it out there Uh, however you might want to do that
0: yep that makes sense. And you know, that's that's validating for me to hear because the shorter project game that I'm working on right now, we actually created the Steam page literally before I had even opened, you know, hit the new project <laughs> button in Unity. I was We already had a whole Steam page set up because I was like, we had a pretty good idea for what the game was going to be. So my wife slapped together some art real quick and we threw up a Steam page. And now the Steam page is in desperate need of like an update because the game and what we have on the Steam page is totally different. But yeah, that's good for me to hear because it's like, yeah, have a Steam page up, have it up early and start getting those wish lists as fast as possible. That's awesome. So thank you for that. You know, I consider game development to be like a form of art, right? And even programming. Me personally, I consider that to be kind of a science, but also an art form. And whenever you're putting art out there, it's a really, really scary thing, right? Like marketing a game that you made It's scary because you know that there's going to be probably some negative feedback. There's going to be a lot of people that may or may not like it. And art is subjective, right? Some people are going to like it and some people are not going to like it. You've been doing this very, very publicly on YouTube and on Discord and I'm sure on other social media platforms that I don't even know about for quite a while, right? So just you personally, did you have any fears like about putting yourself and your creations out there on the internet for the world to see? And is there anything that you needed to do to kind of get over those fears? Like, just what would you have to tell people about regarding fear about putting your stuff out there for the internet to see?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, for me, I I didn't have that much of a fear, I guess, initially, because I've been doing YouTube and just putting stuff out there for so long now that it was kind of natural for me. But in regards to my actual video creation, I just try to, I guess, keep things honest with uh, my audience. I don't really want to kind of make game development seem, you know, way easier than it is or hide the realities. Most cases, I mean, it's kind of a balancing act is you want to make it entertaining, but also show the reality behind game development. So if I struggle with something, you know, I want to make sure to show it. And that kind of goes with my latest video. I mean, that video is pretty much all just like, oh, very bad. But um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, naturally, just getting your work out there will get you people who don't like it. And you just have to realize that, you know, you can't please everyone and you just have to try your best to continue to work at something like there's always going to be people who just don't like your game or whatever it is. I mean, you could make the best roguelike game or be working on something really cool, but there's always going to be people who, you know, don't like roguelikes or don't like you know for me my my green art style i mean i've trust me i have seen hundreds upon hundreds of comments of people (laughs) saying like your game is so ugly and (laughs) why is it all green and i just have to be like well yeah i guess so but you know then it's also you have to remind yourself there's always also people who really like the art style and so yeah that definitely helps and just i guess in natural or just in general having you know, trying to like manage your ego and just acknowledge the realities of game dev. For me, that's kind of just being like, I'm not, you know, the best, I guess, game dev out there or programmer out there, but I, I'm still like just trying to work on something and stay dedicated to, it, dedicated to it. So I don't wanna kind of, I just wanna manage my perception and not, you know, come across as something that I'm not.
0: Yep, cool, man. Well, that that's, it sounds like you're, you know, in a really, really healthy mindset. And I gotta ask, like, because regarding having such a successful YouTube channel, like the number of views you get is really consistent. I apologize, I actually can't remember how many subscribers you have, but I know it's like a really, really solid amount. Do you know what your subscriber count is?
1: Seventy-two, seventy-one thousand, something, something around. That.
0: There you go. Like, right, you're you're approaching the the six figures pretty quickly. And yeah. So you're, you know, a lot of people view you as someone that has, you know, quote unquote, made it on YouTube, right? Like you're, you're getting the views. You've got a game that is on the top wish listed games on Steam, right? Yeah. So do you ever feel like, do you ever struggle with just like struggling with imposter syndrome or feelings of insecurity or like you're, like you're a fraud or like somehow you lucked out? Just like you're, you're like in this space where you don't feel like you belong. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, well, the start of Slimekeep was, you know, just basically me getting lucky with the YouTube algorithm, I guess. But I mean, really just going going back to the last question, kind of acknowledging my faults and just trying to remain, I guess, humble, I guess, really does, I guess, help with that. And I always know that there's going to be people that are, you know, technically better than me. And sometimes I, I feel like I see people on YouTube and stuff. And, you know, they have like really, really good editing and all this game dev stuff. And I'm like, man, they're really good. And I, sometimes I'm like, man, you know, I have, you know, a lot more subscribers than them, but I feel like what they're doing is really, really good. And so that sometimes I feel almost like, man, I mean, it feels kind of weird just having that, but I also just try to remind myself that, you know, I'm been very dedicated to this for three years. And I mean, I think that shows a lot too. Yeah, um, and that's kind of one of my things that reassures me, I guess, in that process. But I mean, I, yeah, I, I definitely do get, I guess, jealous of other people. I'm like, man, there's so many new devlogs and projects, more than ever recently. I mean, people release stuff all the time. And yep. even, I guess, one experience I can think of, I mean, there was a devlog I made. It was before I made the Slime King devlog, or like the final devlog, final boss devlog um, yep. in my game. And I remember that devlog got, I mean, this is going to sound kind of bad because it got around like 15,000 views within the first two weeks or so, which is, I mean, still really good. And I, I obviously, but it was definitely a bit lower than what I, or it might have been 12,000 actually, uh, but it was definitely lower than my average. And I was kind yeah. of like thinking, doubting myself. I was like, man, is Slime Keep have the dev kind of run, you know, have the ran its course? And is it, is it going to recover? Peter's not interested anymore. And then I just, guess i was reassured because my next video is one of my most popular devlogs and i was like oh my gosh and even my last video that i released it i mean it still did well but slightly under under average but i just have to remind myself you know not get try not to get too tied up with the numbers and just keep on trying to make the best you know devlogs i can and uh yeah i don't know i don't know if that was kind of off topic but no
0: that's good like so it sounds like and this is really interesting because it sounds like you never really seem to and i don't mean you specifically just like anyone that's doing what you do it sounds like it's almost impossible to reach a place where you feel completely secure in what you've gained right so it's like you you have this great channel you get all these views but you upload one video that kind of doesn't perform as well as your average right And all of a sudden, all these doubts start creeping in and whatnot. So it's just, I find it really interesting to hear that even someone that's been doing this as long as you, it can still, like, it can be, and I don't mean this, uh, like, in any bad way, but just, like, it can take something as small as, like, one video not performing that well, where you're like, oh, man, like, are people losing interest in my game? And I can see how you would spiral down from there, right? So
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, because, I mean, I I feel like that sounds bad, because it's, like, man, I didn't get, you know, 30,000 views. I only got 15,000 views when I wanted 30,000. It's like, I'm already very fortunate to get that many views in the first place. But then just relative to other stuff, I guess it kind of, yeah, it does make you you doubt things. Bit, yeah, because you
0: end up, you, you get, And like my views are nowhere near what yours are, but you do end up seeing this kind of average number that you're used to seeing. And you can just tell within the first like day, it's like, oh, this is doing really well or oh, it's not doing so well. And when it's not doing so well, even though there's so many factors, it can be a little bit hard to not take it kind of personally. Right. Or be like, did I like maybe I did something like bad in this video or maybe I wasn't as funny as I thought I was or or whatever. (laughs) Is that kind of what it is for you, too?
1: Yeah, I mean, for that last video, I mean, I thought it was, you know, I, I thought the thumbnail and title were pretty good. It was about adding a shopkeeper and, you know, I've kind of done stuff similar to that in the past. And so I thought it would do, you know, kind of similar, but just this time, you know, it didn't do as well. Or just slightly, I mean, just slightly worse since so I was kind of, yeah, I was definitely confused. I was like, man, I, I wonder if it's maybe like the editing or, or something the video wasn't as engaging or because I'm also kind of at the point in Slime Keep where a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is I guess a bit more non-interesting stuff. I mean, so I kind of have been doing a lot of bug fixing or just like tiny tweaking. And I don't think that's usually as interesting as like making a whole new boss for the game or something. So that's also kind of been a factor, I guess, that I've been trying to think about. Gotcha. So um, you kind of delved into this a
0: little bit already, but I'm just looking for more clarity relating to negative feedback or negative comments or even things about you like personally because when you're online you can get anything from like oh your game is ugly to like comments about your voice or comments about your personality (laughs) you can get you can get Uh, kind of like these hurtful comments at times so i'm just wondering how do you deal with negative feedback on your game or or negative comments just in general just how do you kind of deal with it because for myself personally i've kind of gone Back and forth, where I've gone through periods where I kind of needed to step away from the comments section of some of my social media platforms because I can find myself in a space where, like, they're just sucking energy right out of me. Like, and you know, ninety-nine out of a hundred comments are almost always really, really good, right? And that seems to be the way it is for most people that I've spoken to, and I assume it's the same for you. It's like, then but just, that, that one comment, that one, bad that one just, comment, like. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, no, that, I mean, that's definitely true. I mean, I, well, I remember one, the one comment that sticks out to me. And I remember some guy like commented, it was just like, this guy sounds like a fish or something. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I just like, pinned that comment because I thought it was funny. And that was just one example. But in, in general, I, I guess there's kind of two two types of feedback. Because I mean, I usually get a lot of feedback. And I try to read a lot of my comments just naturally because the game is so community driven. Right. But, you know, there's obviously there's people who are usually trying to help and people who aren't. And so even though it kind of depends on tone, I guess, in, in some points, but for the people who are are trying to help, I guess, you know, they, they might just be like, oh, I think this game doesn't, you know, or I, I think I might work on a system in a game or something or, or a boss, let's say. And then they're like, oh, I just don't think this boss looks that good or it doesn't, or, you know, some, some attack with it is, looks really like unengaging and so for those ones, you kind of have to, like, bite the bullet and kind of, you know, think back, like, is this something that I need to work on? And it can be frustrating to have to scrap or change something based on this feedback that you just, you know, spend so much time working on something and then change it. But you kind of have to think, you know, oftentimes they want what's best for your game and are just trying to provide feedback. But then, I mean, on the other on the other case, you know, some people just aren't going to like your game or aren't even going to like you as a person or just for any whatever reason and they might just not be trying to help and I mean that's fine as I said you could make the best roguelike or make the best whatever and there's always going to be people who don't like roguelikes and so you kind of have to especially with me I, I definitely have people who watch my devlogs who aren't big indie gaming people or roguelikes who just trickle in you know every now and then and they might just come and just be really confused and so you kind of I mean n- not reject them but I guess just understand that maybe this isn't for them and that's that's perfectly fine. Right.
0: Okay. I actually wrote that down. They want what's best for your game. I wrote that down and I underlined it because that's a good thing for me to take away. Like I'm I'm kind of I'm wanting to help people that are listening to this, but I'm also being a little bit selfish and I'm wanting to like, you know, take all the best advice from all the best people that are doing what you do (laughs) and take take some of the advice away, right? So it is one of those things where it can be really frustrating. It's like, oh my God, I spent like, you know, dozens of hours on this thing and people just kind of crap all over it. But ultimately, at least a lot of the time, obviously there's, there's trolls out there and whatnot, but a lot of the time I do think I agree with you where people want what's best for your game. They want to help you, even if it's, you know, sometimes unprompted feedback or advice that you didn't ask for, but you know, it's, uh, it's the comment section on an internet video. So what are you going to do? Right.
1: Just any one thing It's like, I think tone is also really important or just kind of speech because I mean, I've seen, I've gotten so much feedback in many you of know, my times that, you know, some people, I think it's, if you're trying to provide feedback to someone, it's always nice when someone is like, they might say, Oh, I think you did this well, but then this thing could use work, or, or you know, kind of use like a compliment yeah, yeah, yeah. sandwich, or, or 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 at least if they have some feedback, you know, kind of put in a way, you know, that that you can take. And it obviously shows that they're trying to they want what's best for the game, but yeah, then at sometimes you'll just get people who are like they just kind of are trashing you. And even though they might be trying to to help you, sort of, I mean, you kind of have they have like a very negative tone, and so you kind of have yeah. to just have to watch out for that i guess
0: <laughs> gotcha so i i'm curious because again i'm always just curious to know what other developers like what they've thought about doing throughout the development process especially obviously indie developers right so because publishers are always a route that people can take Uh, doing a kickstarter is always a route that indie developers can take Uh, releasing your game as early access that's another route that people can take so just any of those options did you ever at any point in development of Slimekeep, consider doing a kickstarter or working with a publisher or releasing your game as early access and just kind of why or why not like what was kind of your thought process of rejecting those ideas when you decided to not do them
1: yeah. So, I mean, for me personally, it's, it's just me on the game. It's really, I mean, I obviously have my community, but it's just me. And so just in terms of a publisher and a Kickstarter, I really didn't want to add even more pressure onto me just by having, you know, having to deliver to actual people or a, or a publisher. So I definitely didn't want that sort of pressure, but then going like Kickstarter wise, I mean, I didn't really need the money, to be honest. I mean, the, the costs on the game are relatively low, um, and it's just me. So I really didn't need it from that sense. And then publisher-wise, there's a, like a few reasons. I mean, obviously, I mean, some of the things that publishers do that I can think of is they provide funding, and I, again, really didn't need funding. And then another thing we do is, you know, help with marketing. And while I mean, I always want to make sure to market the game, other than just YouTube, I think a lot of my marketing does come from youtube and so yep. that's you know kind of a big leg up so i don't really think i would get as much value of them or value from them as other people because i already have such an established youtube channel and devlog series gotcha and then also i mean i've heard some negative experiences from other indie games or indie game developers who've worked with publishers and so i think you kind of just have to be careful um navigating those and make sure you get a good developer, get a good publisher with good intentions. Gotcha.
0: Yep. I have heard some horror stories for sure. And, uh, I know that one piece of advice that I heard from, I think Thomas Brush was if you ever do decide to work with a publisher and they send you a contract make sure you hire a lawyer to look over that contract to make sure that, you know, all your ducks in a row and that you're not going to get screwed in any kind of way, because sometimes, and I'm sure most publishers are not like this right but there's the handful of bad eggs out there that'll try and sneak something in that can take things away from you right so that's something that's always yeah. stuck with me as well so according to steam your your game is set to release in 2023 and i'm just getting that off the steam page directly i don't know it, does that yeah, yeah. does that sound <laughs> I mean, about that, right that's the plan yep. hopefully yep. hopefully <laughs> gotcha uh so if all goes according to plan like what are your plans for slime keep uh, or just in general post-launch uh what does the future of your youtube channel look like i i know you said you're going to college that was news to me when i sent you these questions uh so do you have any plans for future games just what does that look like for you after slime keep has been released
1: yeah so i mean as as you said i mean i'll be in college so that's definitely going to be a pretty big time sink i obviously don't want to do anything too you know big especially because i want to make sure to actually be able to focus on college in that sort of sense but um I'd say if if the game does well, you know, I'd definitely consider updating it possibly with a few small updates to add some more content, but I mean, nothing too major. And I guess I I definitely don't have any big plans to start another big project for at least a while. I definitely have ideas for games. I mean, I have a whole entire Google Docs just filled with game ideas that (laughs) I sometimes think of. And I think it'd be really cool just to try different genres and stuff, so yeah. In the future, I'd say if I worked on another big project, it probably wouldn't be anything like slime keep. I mean, it might not even be pixel art, definitely not. Another green game might right. be something <laughs> completely different. And then I also might focus a bit more in my time on just YouTube and see how that goes. I mean, I have a few ideas just making smaller games and kind of making uh, just smaller videos, kind of a like game jam stuff or challenge stuff just to see how that goes. And it kind of takes off the pressure of working on such a huge project but i I'll, I'll, I'll see when the when the time comes i guess but cool yeah. cool so
0: this is something that i think a lot of people will be really interested to hear because you're clearly a guy and i'm even more impressed now that i know that you're such a young guy right like you're <laughs> yeah. clear you're clearly someone that has a lot of grit right like because making a game and working on a game for years and you know outside of school hours and all that stuff that takes So you're at school all day and then you come home and then you work on your game and I can imagine it's just a whole lot. It's a lot of work. Right. So you're a person that has a lot of perseverance. You're a person that has grit. You know how to sit down and get things done. Right. So what keeps you motivated is there anything and particularly on days that are like really hard where it's like oh my god i don't want to go to my computer and work on the game like where you just don't freaking feel like it but there's always that pressure that you got to perform you've got the youtube channel you've got your community so what do you do when you're feeling low on motivation
1: yeah that's an interesting question because sometimes i mean i don't even fully know myself i mean because i didn't i wasn't planning on working three years for on a game and i'm surprised i even made it this far but (laughs) i i I would think that the community is probably a a big part just because i mean obviously i have them to you know kind of show stuff which is really really motivating all the time but also i guess i'm kind of just a workaholic i guess i mean not (laughs) not in the most sense but you know I, i i kind of always just I'd say I'm very motivated in my stuff. I, I just, if I have something that I need to get done, I think I'm pretty good at just getting it done or getting it out of the way. And I guess also just Slime keeping you know, it's been such a big project. And I mean, while I love what I do, it's kind of been, I, I don't know, I say this without sounding super bad, but I mean, I, I don't know if the word's like weighing me down. I don't, that sounds really bad, but it, I, mean, I like what I do, but I would say that it's kind of like this big project pressure on myself and i'm really just looking forward to getting it out there just so i can you know start new projects and do different things and not have this weight of slime keep you know so every day i kind of just you know continue to work on the game just knowing like you know it'll it'll be it'll be done and i can just be rest easy uh once i get the game out there but uh yeah i just guess the the desire uh, you know i also have this time or i have this goal of finishing it before 20 or before the end of the year, which definitely is probably a motivator. I mean, just trying to get it out so I don't have to worry about it while I'm in college and stuff. That's also something that motivates me. It's kind of scary to actually, cause I don't, uh, usually I'm not used to having the time pressure, but now I kind of feel like, man, I got to get this done. So that's a motivator, but, um, gotcha. yeah, I guess just That in general is (laughs) mostly it.
0: (laughs) So you use the word workaholic and I find that that really interesting. (laughs) So because that reminds me of myself a little bit. So are you maybe a little bit more like me where the problem isn't always so much forcing yourself to sit down and work? Do you ever have a problem of like turning it off and being able to like have a life outside of school and outside of game development?
1: I mean, generally I would say no. I, I think... I think I have, I have a pretty good balance. I mean, I make sure, well, I'm very dedicated to what I do. I mean, I make sure like, you know, to take breaks. I think that's probably the most important part. And just, I, I, I never try to put slime keep in front of other things, you know? So if my friends are like, do you want to do something? I'm not like, Oh, I, 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 I don't think I've ever been like, no, I got to work on slime keeping. I just try to, you know, I make sure to work on it when I can, but not make the, uh, make it too important. But, gotcha,
0: yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so yeah, you got a really good balance going out then. And you said this is like a hobby project for you. So it sounds like you're really treating it like a hobby, which sounds like a really healthy place to be in. so that's that's fantastic,
1: yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's also important. I just want to say, like I've also found just recently, I mean, how important it is to take breaks. I mean, like I guess there's two kinds of breaks that I kind of think about is short term and long term. And yeah. like on the short term, I mean, more just on like a day basis. So like while I'm working, I mean, as I've discovered, I think this is one of the most interesting things I've discovered as, you know, while working on Slimekeep is that it's, you really need to take breaks like during the day. I mean, even if it's just for 15 minutes to take a walk, yep. that is like really, really important because I mean, I found myself that if I could, I could work, you know, 12 hours or something, but a lot of the work, I mean, really just isn't work. I mean, sometimes I'll get distracted pull up a YouTube video on my second monitor or just my brain, it just turns into mush, you know, like I can work (laughs) maybe for an hour or two very productively. And then after that, I just hit a point where I'm like not really making any project progress. So I have to kind of make sure to take those small breaks, which I find really, really important. And then also just in the long term, I mean, I obviously, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's still work, but I guess a break from slime keep is, editing the dev logs i kind of use that as a break i mean it is still work but it's not development on Slimekeep. so yeah that's kind of nice how you can just spend a few days working on the dev log like so once just recently i got kind of tired of working on Slimekeep, so i just stopped working on it and just started editing the the next dev log which is that rich text dev log and yeah so i kind of use dev logs and other stuff and just try to keep it balanced, I guess
0: you know it, it sounds like you kind of naturally stumbled into what I think and um I, I don't have any like articles to, to to cite for this or anything but i I've read that human beings can only, actually stay at like 100% mental capacity, like focusing on something really, really deep. I think it's for two hours. I'm not totally positive on that, but it's around that level of time where after you've been working for that amount of time, like really, I'm, and I mean like you're on your computer, you're programming, you're like in a flow state, you're deep into it after about two hours your mental capacity to be able to hold on to stuff just really starts to slip away. And that's the point where you need to take a break. And this is something that I've actually read in like scientific articles. So it sounds like you kind of stumbled into that naturally. And, and I'm just really, I'm just validating what you're saying, because I have found particularly with, with finding bugs in my game, if (laughs) I've had a really long day and I'm working like into the evening kind of stuff, and I can sometimes spend like, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours looking for a bug to no avail. Right. Like I just, I can't figure it out, but then I decide, you know what, I I need to call it a night. So I, I sleep. And then in the morning I can find it in like. 45 seconds like literally I
1: mean that's definitely that's definitely true I mean uh, it's it's weird because it sounds counterintuitive to take a break from something but I mean in reality it's so much better to take a break like I think you could have someone you know work eight hours straight and they would make less you know progress on something than someone who works as little as four hours but between every hour or so they take you know, a 30 minute break or so. Even though they're working half the time, I genuinely think that they would get, you know, considerably more done or just as much or more done, which I think is quite an interesting thing to think about.
0: It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to ask, for people that are just starting out as indie game developers, do you have any advice that you would give them? Because, you know, you're coming from a really great place and you're, you're such a young guy. So you've got like, <laughs> you know, like it's, and that doesn't, that's not a qualifier in and of itself. Right. But it's just like, you're at a point where a lot of people would want to be at. And a lot of people that I've heard say, Oh, if you're going to start game development, start when you're young. Right. So it, it makes me really mm-hmm. happy to be able to talk to someone like you were like, yeah, you are a young guy. You've got a YouTube channel. You've got this game, like things are going really, really well for you. And that just makes me so happy to see so for for people that are starting out and they kind of want to get to where you're at with slime keep or get to where you're at with your youtube channel or or both like what advice would you give them
1: yeah i can think of a few things i mean there's already been so much said already like start small and all that kind of stuff but i guess just personally something well something i guess to think about is you know don't I guess try to idolize people because you know me people might look up to me and be like man it's such a good game developer but in reality I mean I don't think I'm the best game dev or programmer out there and you know you just have to think that you you can always improve and, and make awesome stuff yourself you know whatever you're working on and don't think that I'm just you know some programming wizard because I started out and you know when I was starting out it was not I I didn't I really didn't like I mean programming you know I, <laughs> I started out doing game development and I mean, you know, it it wasn't too much fun. I was like, this is because the hardest part for me was really just learning the basics. And it was extremely hard for me to just get the foundations of Unity uh, so I could actually make my stuff. And so that part, and if you're struggling in that area, just know, I mean, eventually, you know, you just have to keep at it. And that part is not fun. And you might, you know, have trouble with it, but that's normal. And I'm sure a bunch of other people you you see that are really good programmers now also might have you know had tons of trouble with um just getting getting in the, in the hang of things and just learning the literal core basics so that's something i think think about and then also i guess for me personally I, i've just learned throughout slime keep is to try to have a plan with your games and i, I kind of touched on this on my two-year slime keep development video where i kind of that's was kind of an overview but in reality i mean when i was starting out i had no clue what slime keep what i was going to was going to be or 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 how the game was really going to function and so i literally started out you know the game just by making small tweaks like oh there should be screen shake here and just tiny stuff and yep i never really had i mean thankfully the game i think has morphed into a, a you know a product that i'm happy with but it, it was very stressful for me at times because i didn't really know what i was going to do with the game I mean i I knew I was making a roguelike, but I really didn't have a lot of the game planned out. And so I think that was, I found really, really important because, I mean, a lot of the stuff I was doing, I kind of just making up along the way. And so just having a plan, I think, is also just something really, really important to know, like what you're going to do and what the game is going to be like in certain systems. Just have that, you know. Figured out or you don't have to have everything fully figured out, you know, before you start a game, but at least have a solid idea, you know, That's, that's awesome. You you know, I, I wrote something down again (laughs) that you
0: said, (laughs) I wrote down, don't idolize people because I've given that advice out myself. I feel like that's a super important thing for people to take away for like how they feel about themselves when they go into this, because if you idolize somebody, right, you're putting them up on this pedestal so if you've got someone else that you aspire to be like but you've got them up on this pedestal then if they're up here then you've got to be down here right i know you can't yeah (laughs) i don't think you can see me but uh you've got your hand down here and so if you're putting yourself below others then like it just it's going to affect your confidence it's going to affect your mindset and i think if you don't really believe in yourself which idolizing people I know it's it's not really that far of a stretch to go from idolizing people to feeling like well I can't do it because I'm down here and they're up there right it's this kind of like weird it can make it very difficult for people I think I'm just curious to see if you agree with me a little bit on that
1: no no definitely because I mean oftentimes if you idolize people I mean it definitely it's going to affect your confidence because you think like they have something that I don't have and I, I can't ever have but I mean, in reality, a lot of the times, you know, something that is the big differentiator is just that this person has worked on this thing for a while. I mean, for me, slimekeep You know, someone might look at me and it's like, man, that's so cool. I mean, it's really just that I've been able to keep at it for a while, and you can be where I am. You know, it's not that I'm a genius programmer, and that's how I got here. That's, <laughs> it's, de- I'm definitely not, and I'm probably not as good as you think I am. But just, just know that. You know, a lot of the people that you might idolize or think are successful and have kind of made it are they really just got there by, you know, spending time learning something and just being really dedicated to it. And that's the difference is that they just, you know, kind of put in that work to get there. And you can, too, if you just, you know, spend the time working at it and, and that kind of stuff.
0: That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for that. And I just I just <laughs> want to ask, you know, uh, before we wrap up, is there anything any final thoughts that you want to share with the audience before we wrap this up? Uh
1: nothing nothing too much. Uh, just, you know, list sign keep if you want, you know, it help me get to that number 1 spot if you want to, but uh, <laughs> that was but I think you covered all the the bases pretty well here and it's a good question so yeah, thank you for Allowing me to kind of spew my whole entire story, I guess.
0: No, you're welcome, man. Like, honestly, I, I really, I want to genuinely thank you so very much for agreeing to this. And I I really, I want to stress what you just said very, very much to everyone who's listening look up slime keep it's spelled just how it sounds on steam it's like i've been following the development of this game for quite a long time now and it's like really shaping up to be a really interesting looking and really special game and you know it's it's one of the most wish listed games on steam for a reason so definitely go check it out go to the steam page wish list it check out ben bonk's youtube channel that's ben bonk b-e-n-b-o-n-k all right man thank you so very much and i hope you enjoy the rest of your day man take care
1: no problem thanks Thank you.
0: That's all I've got. If you love this episode and you haven't already left a rating and review, then please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thanks so much. Bye.